0: Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward podcast. This is 101, John chapter 5. So this person said, he was talking to his friend, and he said, after 12 years of therapy, you know, it's expensive, right? He said, my... Th- my psychotherapist said something that literally brought tears to my eyes. And his friend said, after 12 years, what did he say? And he said, he said this, No hablo ingles. <laughs> <laughs> we want to look at the theme of change in John chapter 5. There's 47 verses, so let's jump right in. Verses one to sixteen, and, and really, we want to think about having a changed perspective. Because God changes our perspective on things. Change. Verse 1 to 16. Changed minds. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, and that really should be translated sheep gate. There were gates into Jerusalem. A pool, it was like a swimming pool, which is in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, which means house of mercy, having five porches, and there were like these colonnades, like a, I don't know if they had tarps on them uh, or they were stone, but they were a place where people could get out of the sun. In these lay a great multitude of important folk. No, impotent, that means without power, impotent folk. Of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the movie moving of the water. So there were a pile of people. I don't know if you've ever been to a hospital. Some hospitals, it like you know, there's there's nice waiting rooms and big screens, and there's plenty of places to sit. You know what other hospitals have? Crowded emergency rooms. I think my wife and I went to one for some reason, pastors go to hospitals. And there was a guy in the emergency room, he was just bleeding. You remember that? There was like blood on the floor, but but it wasn't as bad as the other people. So he was just kind of waiting. I mean, he wasn't dying or anything, but it was just like blood on the floor. I'm like, there's there's a lot of people with problems. So it says here that there are all kinds of people. There were multitudes of people with, and it lists their problems. It said they were blind. They were halt, which means they, they were limping or couldn't walk. They were withered, which means they had lost the use of perhaps a limb. Or, and, and it said they were waiting. And they were waiting for the moving of the water. And then it explains what that was. It says, for an angel went down in a certain season into the pool. Now, this is a heavenly angel. And troubled the water. That means he agitated the water. I don't know if it was from when he hit the water or if he jumped in and, and swished the water around. Or if it was just the power of God that did it. However it happened. Whosoever then first. After the troubling of the water. Stepped in. Was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Isn't this interesting? God provided the cure. But you had to put forth the effort. To get in the water. That's a lot like God. A lot of people. They'll, uh, they'll say God do something in my life, and God will say, okay, you want that done? Do this. But they're not as hip on doing the part that God wants them to do. But the Bible says, and a certain man was there. And I like it. When they don't put the name of the person there, you could put it, your name in there or someone that you know. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. That's older than some people that are in here. Spence, how old are you? He was going through this infirmity longer than some of us were alive. And when Jesus saw him lie in verse 6 and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. Precisely 38 years. He saith unto him, wilt thou be made whole? You know, you can go through something for so long. You don't realize it, but it affects your mentality. You're just like, well, that's just the way that it's going to be. I remember, was Lewis riding with us when he was a little kid? So, uh, what was he, two or one in a car seat probably? And he was riding in our car and he went like, right? Because his dad had a turbo. We didn't have a turbo, but he knew he was waiting for the turbo sound because, you know, the cars are supposed to go, you know, after the air builds up. But you know, we can get in our minds where it's got to be a certain way. If you've had something going on for 38 years, it's going to be hard to change and, and imagine that it could be different. And you've got to understand, there was no, in his mind, understanding that it was going to change today. That was just his reality. This is just the way that it is. And we have to be careful of that because God oftentimes shakes up our reality. And that's what he said. "Wilt thou be made whole? And now you would think, what a dumb question, right? Of course. Jesus asks questions for a reason, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Some people use their condition that they were in for their career. What career? Mm -hmm. Begging. They use their condition. It was pity, pitiful. Uh, Even uh, I think in India, you can read about this, but they will actually maim children they will cut their hands off, they will cut their fingers off so that they will make them pitiful. The children won't do it, but their handlers will do it so that they can make them into beggars that would solicit pity from people. I know that's an, it's entirely ruthless to do that, but you know, there's a joke about Jesus that's healing people at the, you know, and uh, one guy says, don't touch me, don't touch me, I'm on disability. He's <laughs> a preacher, but that's crazy. But you know what? We can get used to making things a different way. Uh, There's a study by the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. 19 states. Think about how much money you make a year. In 19 states, a family of four with two non-working parents. So these are a family of four with no job. $100,000 a year in benefits in 19 states. I don't know how much money you make a year. But you could pay some bills and not work with $100,000 in benefits. That'd be pretty nice, wouldn't it? So when Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? He said, look, if you're made whole, there's going to be a change. There's going to be a job. There's going to be different things. And uh, the Bible says this. I like it. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, in Psalm 103, and forget not all his benefits who forgiveth all thine iniquities who healeth all thy diseases jesus is still a healer and we got a cat we got it's like it was, a, it was like a, a stray or rescue and it's limping still and what do you do i, I prayed for our cat i put my uh, the hand its little paw you can't pray for an animal jesus can heal his creation he's the creator jesus could heal a slug if you wanted to God can heal and fix the things that are broken in this world. And that was his question. Do you want to be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, here's the excuse, right? I have no man. There's nobody to help me. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another step it down before me. There's a song called, Excuses. Excuses, We hear them every day. And it keeps going on. Well, he's like, man, I would have if. You know, I would be if. And I like what, uh, you know, sometimes there's a different way in our situation. Jesus, he gives him another option. Here's one. Jesus saith unto him, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Let's not wait for the other guy. Let's just have you get up right now. Because the power that the angel, whenever he came down, exhibited was the power... That Jesus had right there. He didn't need to wait for the angel. You know, sometimes, you know, as a Christian, we got to be careful. Well, I'm going to wait and I'm going to pray about it on Sunday morning. It's Tuesday. Let's pray now. Let's pray before the service is over. There's times that I've repented of things in the middle of a church service. I am not waiting for the altar call. I'm not waiting for Sunday. I'm certainly not waiting for a revival. Jesus said, how about now? And The Bible says, you know, in Philippians, Paul said this, I can do all things through Christ. What does he do? He provides the strength. He strengthens me. And you know, it's a blessing because that means you can have an attitude shift at work. You can have an attitude shift when you're in traffic. And just let the strength of Christ just pick you up, just like that. This can be a change. And immediately, the man was made whole. Bam! Just like that. And he took up his bed and walked And on the same day was the Sabbath. You know, God might have a different way. And you're you're thinking about some situation that you're going through. God might have a different way. I was trying to fix my car, 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 fix my car. I'll just like 10 more times. And it was money, right? Thousands of dollars. I love the car. And eventually, it just didn't seem like that was the way God wanted. We had to get a different car. That car was just... Done being fixed. I mean, I put money into it because I'm cheap. I didn't want to buy a new car. But God had a different way. And now we have another car. It lasted a couple years. Still going by the grace of God, right? Don't say anything bad about it. The Jews, therefore, because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. So here's another problem. The Jews, therefore, said unto him that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. So the Jews had a law And on the Sabbath, you weren't supposed to work. They had expanded that to mean you weren't even allowed to carry anything. Well, obviously, Jesus didn't intend that for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was so that the Jews could focus on worship and not focus on work. So that they could get refreshed to go to work for six days a week. And then they could just take a little time And worship God. It was never meant to so compartmentalize your life. okay? But the man who was healed, he answered them, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. You know, it's interesting. If we're healed by his word, Matthew Henry said we should be ruled by his word. If God made you whole and then he says, take up your bed and walk, follow his commands, he's the one that healed you. If God healed you, then do what he says after he healed you. Verse 12, then they asked him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not. That means he didn't know who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. So Jesus wasn't out there to make a name for himself. So there's so many people there that he just healed this guy and just kind of slinked off. That's kind of cool, isn't it? And um, Isaiah chapter 45 and 5 said, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. His own people didn't know who he was. And they didn't know their own Messiah. He's out there healing people. And the Jew's like, who is it? And the guy that got healed is like, I don't know, but he just healed me. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. That's a good place to go after you get healed, right? Worshiping God. And said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. You know, that's quite a statement. But Jesus gave him a sin warning, didn't he? And you say, why did Jesus warn him about sin? If you are physically incapacitated, you don't have the ability to sit. I mean, the guy was laying on his back, right? But this man was made whole. I'm talking about his cholesterol levels were probably perfect. His blood pressure. Jesus said whole. Jesus didn't heal his condition. This man was like his body, all of his triglycerides were down. I mean, this guy was ready to go, right? his mind was sharp but man if you've got all this ability then there's temptation that comes your way it wasn't that way before you know a lot of people that get saved in prison or profess that they get saved in prison but there's no other options once you get out of prison That's the test. That's the test of character. Jesus knew this man was going to be exposed to some temptation. And you know what? You will too. But Jesus just warned him, hey, don't sin. Because it's going to be worse than what you had right there. And thank God that Jesus warns us against sin. We don't want to get to a place where sin is just something we play with. Because you can have a bad, bad consequence with sin. The man departed. If I keep going, we'll get to it. What that could be. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus. Now he knew who it was, right? Which had made him whole. Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him. Shouldn't they congratulate him because he healed this man miraculously? No, they hated Jesus because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. We never want to put our religion above our God. And you know, you can do that. He's like, you go to church on a Thursday? (sighs) We have our midweek service on Wednesday. Oh, Thursday. I mean, we don't want to say, well, you're a little different than us. Or we understand the Bible this way. We never want to rule out God. You know, if God has done something in someone's life, I think that we should congratulate that person. They might look a fright. They might look a mess. But maybe they just got saved. Give them a chance. But you know that Jesus was working to change the authority of the Sabbath day. Because, uh... Jesus said in in Matthew chapter twelve and verse five, he said, Have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath? That means that they work and are blameless. Some people they I invite them to church and they say, I work Sundays, and I say, So do I. (laughs) So preachers do, right? And they look at me and they're like, oh, I get it, I get it, right? But Jesus said in verse 8 of Matthew 12, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus doesn't quit being Jesus on the Sabbath day. And we don't want our religion to overpower our Jesus. That's all I'm saying. Uh, The Bible said in verse 17, but Jesus, so verse 70 to 29, the change of authority. Jesus was asserting his authority. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto up until now, and I work. You don't want to call 911 and be like, oh, please call back at our 9 to 5 business hours. Emergencies don't happen from 9 to 5. They happen from 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. That's when you go to the emergency room. If I visited you in the emergency room, it's probably not from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And yes, we have visited several people here, probably in the emergency rooms, okay? And uh, um, it's on those off hours. It's dark. It's light. It's what year is it? Kind of, you know, like three in the morning, right? So it's exciting times. But, you know, I'm thankful that Jesus said, my father's a worker and I'm working. You know, I'm thankful God is always able to work. And brethren, if you ever need him, he's only a prayer away. Don't wait till Sunday. Pray when you need Jesus. Change of authority. Verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him. Look at that. If you can't understand it, kill it. That's a small mind. Why don't we find out what the operating power is so maybe we can get a blessing from it. Because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but had said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Well, guess what? He was and is. Philippians chapter two, verse six. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God the Father. Jesus is equal with God the Father in his uh, character and in his presence and in his power. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he seeth the Father do, for whatsoever, what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son, likewise. For the Father loveth the Son and sheweth him, or showeth him all things that he himself, that he, that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. God was showing that. God the Father was giving his son as a mediator between God and between man. Have you ever heard that word media? Middle. Media. The media is middle between the news and the people and the media. Oh man, the media is really skewed, isn't it? They like to, you can tell what they're going to say before you turn them on, right? But Jesus is standing between God the Father and us. That's why he said, I've got to do what the Father shows me to do because I want to give you an accurate presentation of the God of heaven. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, maketh them alive, that's what the word quickeneth means, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. God has the work in his authority to give life. Uh, In raising Lazarus, he said to, I believe it was either Martha or Mary, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The Bible says, for, as, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment under the Son. He also gives Jesus the work of judgment, the work to give life, the work to commit judgment, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. That he that honoreth, he that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father, which hath... Sent him. Someone said, I respect Jesus. Well, you can respect Jesus, but you have to either revere Jesus or reject him. There is just no like he's a good guy. You've got to put that honor on the son just like you honor the father. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, good book to read as a parallel. Verse 9. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, Jesus. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when we honor Jesus, we do honor the Father. Verily, verily, Jesus said, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, Hath everlasting life. That's your salvation to believe on Jesus and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death to life. When you get saved, it's not like you hear a sermon and it makes you feel fuzzy inside. You have been delivered. There's a song that said, I've been delivered. You're like in your kid, you like, but you really have been changed when you're delivered. The Bible says, for as the For verily, verily, I say unto you in verse 25, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. That's talking about salvation. Reverend Jones shared, he preached a message called Walking Dead Men. And you know that men without Jesus are spiritually dead, although they're physically alive. And that's what that was talking about. Salvation through hearing the gospel. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. That's power to give life, to raise people from the dead, to save men and women. And in verse 27, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. And the Bible says that we judge not one another because we're all going to stand, not sit, before the judgment seat. Of Christ. All of us, all Christians, are gonna stand. And God's gonna give us our rewards for our life. It's not going to heaven or not going to heaven, or that's that's done at the cross. But all the believers are gonna stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And we don't want to be the judge of the brothers and the sisters. I just want to serve Jesus. I don't want to judge another man's servant because Jesus is our judge and it's coming. We're all gonna face that. It's like preacher, I better. Clean things up. Well, clean things up because uh, we want to receive reward when we stand there. That's another Bible study. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. We all have an appointment with Jesus, even if we're not a Christian. And shall come forth, they that have done good, unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil, unto the resurrection of of damnation. You know, that's probably what I felt when I came to church and I felt like that lost feeling <clears throat> because I knew I wasn't headed to the resurrection of life. I was headed to the other one. And the Bible, if you go to revelation chapter 20, it said, the sea gave up the dead, which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. Oof. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. So God brought death, hell, everyone, all the bodies out of the graves, whoosh, up to heaven. And they faced judgment. Now, these weren't people that were being judged to to go to heaven. This was the judgment that was going to hell. And it said, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast, not into hell, but into the lake of fire. Brethren, you don't want to go there. It's nothing worth it down here that's worth going to there for eternity. Salvation is what we need through Jesus Christ. Verse 30 to 47. In six minutes. Change through witnessing. Witnessing changes things. That's what we were just doing before a church. And people were taking church cards, but they were also witnessing who was inviting them. How are you treating them? Were you excited? Could you have cared less? And those things were a witness to these people. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. So, first we have the Father's witness. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. And then we have the witness of John the Baptist. There is another that beareth witness of me, verse 32. And I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Ye send unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth, but I receive not testimony from man. But these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in light. John was a great witness to the the people of Israel, and they respected him as a prophet. But Jesus said, I have another witness. Verse 36, I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. In John chapter 14 and verse 11, He said, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. And then he said, or else, believe me for the very works sake. I mean, if you don't believe me, look at the resurrections. Look at when John the Baptist was in prison, and he was a little discouraged. He said, go find Jesus, and ask him if he's the real Messiah, basically. And so the disciples said, art thou he that should come, or look we for another another? And Jesus didn't answer them. He said, come with me. And then he healed people, raised them from the dead. And then he said, go tell John what you saw. Because he said, he'd already told John who he was. John even declared who he was. He was just discouraged. But Jesus said, I'm going to show you the works. And you know what? That's one of the great things. When you see the works that God does, you're like, "What?" Have you ever just said, that's God, man? I mean, that's God. How God works out something so complicated. And it's just like, wow, that's God. Believe him for the work's sake. And you know what? God will take care of us. And that's God. <laughs> the witness of the Father, verse 37. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. So you've got a bunch of people witnessing for Jesus. There's a bunch of people that don't like him. But a bunch of people are witnessing for him. And you know what? Uh, it's not so many who you have as your enemies. But you got to have... Those good friends, those good witnesses that'll back you up. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape, and ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent, him ye believe not, then believe John the Baptist. The witness of the scriptures, verse thirty nine, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Remember in Luke when they were headed to Emmaus? It says, beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounded unto them from the law. In all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Jesus brought all the scriptures. All the scriptures focus on Jesus. From Genesis to Malachi, it points to the cross. The gospel or the accounts of Jesus' life. Four gospels. And all the other epistles, they point back to what Jesus did on the cross. It's all about Jesus. It's specifically about the cross. And there's a line of blood that goes all the way through. But it's all about Jesus. And that's what Jesus was telling to these discouraged disciples who were sad. Verse 40. And you will not come to me that you might have life. You know, that's the key. Are we? We can have problems in life. But you know what? As long as I have Jesus, he that hath, hath the Son hath life. And it said he came to give us life. And not just life. Not just get by. Not just make it happen. Not just another day. But more abundantly. He said, I receive not honor from men. You know, men, they go for honor. But not necessarily for character. They want to get on your good side, right? For some angle. But he said, but I know you. That you have not The love of God in you. I was just talking to someone about coming to church. And I said, you know, everyone, all churches say they preach the Bible. I said, come. I said, you got to check it out for yourself. See if there's the love of God there. You know, that's hard to fake. It's hard to fake the love of God. But, you know, you come and you just know it when it's there. And uh, the scriptures, you know them after you start reading, if they're there. He said, I've come in my father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name... Him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor from one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? You know, right there, I didn't have anything written, but you know what? When you become a Christian, that becomes your first priority. What would God want me to do? And sometimes my wife and I might have disagreements because I don't know. I want to make sure it's what God wants me to do. And that's just what my first priority is. And I've even gotten in disagreements with other ministers, but I just gotta do what God wants. Not specifically Reverend Patterson, but just other—they—they might not be looking at it from the same perspective. But brethren, I just want to do what God wants me to do. I take being a pastor a very serious thing, because I gotta do what God. That's the only honor, brethren, that counts. Everyone else is gonna pass away, but God is still alive, and He is the one that we need to honor our life with. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For he, they held Moses in great esteem, the Jews. And Jesus said, for he, had ye believed Moses, you wouldn't believe me. For he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? The witness of the scriptures. So I'm out of time, but change. You know, and if if there's one thing that chapter five deals with is that brethren, God will deal with us to change. Change our perspective, change the authority of who Jesus is and realize that witness, that witness, that the power of the witness, the change of witness. There's so many people and brethren, you can change others through your witness. Don't ever underestimate the power of Of living for Jesus Christ. Just day to day. You're rubbing off on someone. In a good way. Brother David would you dismiss us in prayer.